Welcome to Kachika, a podcast that takes you behind the scenes at the Dundas Center for the Performing Arts. Kachika is a production of Ringplay Productions. This week we have Tate Adderley. Hello. And Aaron McKinney. Hello. And I'm just going to turn it over to Tate. I'll just, I'll start off by asking each of them to introduce themselves a little bit. And then we'll just have a conversation. My full name is Tate Arley. I'm 20 years old. I'm currently a sophomore at the University of the Bahamas. And uh, I guess my hobbies are reading, um, uh, theater, and some other things. But um, (laughs) (laughs) um, if, if there was one thing I guess I'd describe myself as, as someone who thinks a lot, that's it. Yeah. yeah, that's. I would say that's probably true. And you yes. know, I'm dying to say what other things, but let's. Let's <laughs> <laughs> let Erin introduce herself. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Erin McKinney. I am an English language and literature teacher at one of our local government schools. Um, like Tate, my hobby and my most favorite thing to do is anything related to the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and Guinness. <laughs> oh, theater Lord. and Guinness. Yeah. Oh, man. How's the Guinness going? Did you it's, have a stash? It's gone. I had a stash. Uh, girl. <laughs> I think I've done about two cases now. Wow. So <laughs> I think I'm just going to stop right now and let's take a break. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it's rough. It, it, it rough. Well, theater. Okay, so um, both of you have been involved in Shakespeare in Paradise in different ways. And Tate <laughs> is also in part, or in the past, a media journalism major, or he was. Yes. So I asked Tate to come on in because I think Tate is going to interview Aaron. Oh. And we'll have a conversation after that. We can turn it around. You can interview Tate as well, Aaron. We're going to start <laughs> oh, with boy. Tate interviewing Aaron. <laughs> so I, I guess I start off first, right? Yeah, go right ahead. Um, so, I mean, there, there are a couple of questions, right? So I think one of the most important questions I always ask a per, per person, um, especially when it comes to theater, because I'm focusing more so on theater, right? Yes. Is Aaron. So, I mean, how did you get into theater? Like, what, what made you want to... Yeah, come into it. That's my question. Well, technically, I had zero interest in theater. Um, While in COB at the time, Dr. Francis, Tony Francis, who was my lecturer for English 351, um, (laughs) she provided an extra credit opportunity. And it was to assist or either assist with a Shakespeare in Paradise production or audition for a Shakespeare in Paradise production. Um, I am not one who prefer the stage. Mm. And so I, I know I needed the extra credit. I was a good student, but yeah, there were certain things that I felt I could have done better on. So I said, I'll take the opportunity and to show up for the audition. In the middle of the audition, uh, I realized I hated what I was doing and I stopped <laughs> and I said, um, sir, and Dr. Keith Wisdom was the director at the time. I said, I really don't want to do this. Is there any way that I can assist you in some other fashion aside from right. being on the stage? And he says, I like you. I like your honesty. How about you work with me as the assistant director? 
I'm like, uh, whoa there. Let's reel that in a bit. I have never done anything in this capacity ever before in my life. I think that's a bit of a stretch. He says, no, I believe in you. We can do this. Mm. And that was my introduction to Shakespeare in Paradise as an assistant director of Horn of Plenty. Uh, and it was, uh, it featured sonnets, some of Shakespeare's sonnets. And okay. I've been a part of every festival since then. That's right. That's right. That, that was, was 2010. That was yeah, like, it was yeah. 2010. Yeah. Is that the year before after it started or? Yes. That's the year it, after okay. it started. It's the year after. Okay. 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 And I remember you, um, I, th I think one of the first times you acted, uh, well, I, I've seen you act, sorry, was in For Color Girls, which was last year. So, I mean, how did you get back into acting, although you seen this, it seemed as though you were afraid at first? The first thing that happened was Tequisha in Disney Takes. <laughs> I don't even remember how I ended up playing the role of Tequisha the Jungleist in Disney Takes. I don't remember either. And I directed that. I have <laughs> no recollection. That still haunts me to this day because the children remember me when they were in junior high and they saw it. And now that I teach them in senior high, they're like, Miss Nott, mm. you remember when you was Taquisha? I'm mm. like, um, <laughs> what, what? Um, but I find stage performance, being on the stage, not daunting, but I don't enjoy it as much as being backstage. Mm -hmm. Like putting, putting it together and watching it unravel and unfold before your eyes is a lot more satisfying than actually being the one out there. But yeah. when I found out that the colored girls was up to be staged, it's one of my favorite pieces of work. And I said, I had to be a part and I auditioned. That's how I ended up in for colored girls in 2014. And then we brought it back. It, it sounds like to me, you, you've had a, a similar experience that I have where and all the characters that I've had um, uh, with my experience at the Yedanasa, I mean, it was, it's only been about two, two um, characters. That was mm -hmm. Kay. And the other one, I was in Craig's play. Would you say that in some cases, like, or in most cases, you, you don't like the characters that you portray? Or no, no. No, it's not, it's not a matter of, of liking the characters. I, I feel... I find being on stage to be a bit monotonous. Mm. I don't, I don't, that's strange for me to say because every single time you perform, it's something different. But um, I, I don't particularly like the experience of going out and then keep doing the same thing over and over. I see. Yeah. So I, I don't like... I don't like being on stage for that reason. And then there's also the pressure of, am I doing this right? <laughs> And, and I don't particularly like that pressure as an actor. I love that pressure as a director. And I think being on stage as an actor has made me better at directing because of those experiences. But boy, it's, it's, a, it's a mental battle. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, I have to come back and do this again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't like it. I think I, I felt the same way in, in my first year with, with, with Shakespeare and Paradise um, because it was difficult for me being festival assistant and acting at the same time. And that was the joke I, I would always say to myself. If, if I could, if I don't die in these two weeks, then I think I'd <laughs> die. 
and somehow what? I, I survived. Wow. That's, that's, that's kind of how we feel every year. We don't die. Yeah. Somehow yeah. I survived. Um, you did. And then with, with flying colors. Different people just coming down to me for different things. Somehow I survived. And for some reason, I, 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 I still love Vieta. Um, yes, of course. The stress because when it's all, it's all done, then you're like, okay, so what's next? Yeah. Yeah. As if you don't remember the grueling suffering and all of the rocks you wanted to throw at people's heads <laughs> right. for the past eight weeks right. and those performances. But then imagine being the director and then having to go and perform for an actor who doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try figuring that one out. Oh, that one. Yeah. When you're when you're also supposed to be running lights. Oh, and supposed to be running lights and sound. And, sound, and exactly. the cue for each for leading into that person's part and the ending part yep. of that person's part is a lighting and sound cue. Oh. Let me tell you about that, mm-hmm. buddy. I thought that was the end for me right then and there. What advice would you give to aspirants or people who are interested in theater but have never really um, had any experience in it? Commitment is something that has to be ingrained in your very being if you seek to go down this path. Mm-hmm. And don't don't come if you're it's something if it's just something fun that you if it's just on your bucket list something I need to get done. The end full stop? No. Because you have to be dedicated to yourself. You have to be dedicated to your role. You have to be dedicated to the entire cast. You have to be dedicated to the people that you have agreed to perform for. <laughs> and if you are not committed, just don't start. Because, buddy, the, the stress that you cause everyone else is not worth the stain on your name. Yeah. No, and commitment trumps everything. You could be as talented as anything out there. But yep. if you are not committed, if you're not committed, <laughs> it, it works. It will work against you, especially yeah. if you're working in, in the Bahamas. Um, ah, exactly. Because it's a very, very, very small community. And, and if you're working in the Bahamas and then trying to go outside of the Bahamas and then you will need recommendations. Yeah. Yes. Then what? Yeah. 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 No commitment will, will trump anything. And this is something that I, I think a lot of people have to learn sometimes the hard way. Some people come and they're the full package. Some people come yes. and they're part of the package. Like they have an interest and they're not that great yet, but you could look at them and see what they do and how they work and what they're willing to do and their commitment. And you know that in two years' time, they're going to get there. They mm-hmm. may not yeah. be like bursting out of the out of the box, you know, with brilliance the first time. But you see the commitment, you see the work, you see yes. the, the growth, you see what they do, and mm-hmm. it's a craft. It's not just a talent; it's a craft. And people who practice their craft and work at their craft generally get better. Some people yeah. never will. There are some people who just are not supposed to be in live performance. Um, but there are many people who are not the most talented one in the bunch, but down the line are the best one in the bunch. 
Ah, exactly. And I've had yeah. that experience on almost every single production I've worked on where the person could be the total package and you've seen them shine and they've done so well. But because they are not committed, the person who ends up taking that role surprises you in a way that you would have never imagined. They could be better than that person who was initially the total package mm -hmm. simply because of their level of commitment. I think that's, that's one of the joys with um, Shakespeare and Paradise for me. It's pretty much, I would say, the, the unpredictability of things, right? Yes. So coming from auditions, right, you could see um, who could work, um, who probably won't work, and then your expectations just being flipped over. Um, yes. <laughs> and also as well, then seeing those people who you thought would have been not so good from auditions, but then realizing that, hey, they are actually a star. They have the potential to be a star mm -hmm. in the long run. I think that's one of the most, one of probably one of the most um, best things that, that comes out for me when it comes to Shakespeare and Paradise, even in the two years I've been there so far. It's just seeing how the whole process goes and seeing that person develop really, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree with you because boy, auditions is rough. Yeah. And for the most part, some of the people we see, you can't, you can't just take it as that's it for them. Mm -hmm. Because what I've learned in the last, how long has it been? 10 years? Yeah, Go girl. 10 years? In <laughs> 10 years, people audition so badly. Yeah. But when they get into a character and they take that direction and they really study and become one with that role. It is like, is this the same person who auditioned? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I agree with you. It's it, yeah. the unpredictability is beautiful. You're listening to Kachika, a podcast that takes you behind the scenes at the Dundas Center for the Performing Arts. My last question um, for you, I, I think you, you can take a hit at this as well, um, Nico. Okay. Is, you know, we, you, you all have been at this for about 10 to 11 years. I've only been at this about two. But my question would be, what would you like to see the future being moving forward? Um, more of what we've been doing in the last two, three years. Mm -hmm. um, Short Tales mm. has, has opened my eyes to an uh, aspect of theater that I did not know existed. And I think more of that and the training of directors, uh, writers, putting on these original works I, is something that I would have never imagined would have taken place in our country. Mm -hmm. um, I always thought of full length plays, put them on the end, that's, mm -hmm. that's it. But since um, being a part of Shakespeare in Paradise and Ring Play Productions, experimenting has been so much fun because we have had a shift, a monumental shift from when I first joined, started working in 2010 to mm. now. And in the last three to four years, two or three, let's say two and four, between the last two and four years, we've had such an invigoration yeah. in theater. And I can only see us going further from there, the rep season, bringing the rep season back has been um, 
one that has actually revitalized my desire for directing as well as becoming more familiar with the canon of works that there that exist because Philip talks about plays and Nico talks about productions that they've done. And then I'm like, what in the world are you people <laughs> talking about? And then I realized there's so much more for all of us, everyone who's interested in theater, especially for teachers too, because if we're teaching literature, the best way for our students to learn it is to see it. And yeah. becoming familiar with um, all of the works that we've been doing so far, I can only see us adding and adding and adding and adding and becoming better at it. We need to have people investing in our theater. That's mm -hmm. one of the most important things. Yeah. Tangibly, aside from putting on all the wonderful productions, we can't just keep doing it ourselves because basically it's just us. Is us. And we need people to take it as serious as we do and put the money where their mouth is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there, there's no reason why the Dundas Center for the Performing Arts should be in the condition that it is. And it's a it's one place that almost every Bahamian student has set foot in in the last 10 years. Yeah. And if it's so important to education, especially Shakespeare. If, if, if there's one thing any school is looking forward to in October is Shakespeare and Paradise. And mm -hmm. if it has become a staple in our education system, imagine how important it is culturally. So why aren't we investing? So that's what I want to see money in the theater because we mm -hmm. have the people, we have the productions, we have the ability, we have the craft to make these beautiful, unimaginable sets that I didn't think were fathomable, for example. <laughs> um, Diary of Diary Souls. Of Souls. Yes, oh. Jason. And, oh and then seeing the foreigner on the same stage, the set yep. for the foreigner right after. And I'm like, how are we this amazing and this broke? <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> I love it. I love that. We and make it work. That's a great, that's a great quote. So Aaron, yeah, so basically what I would like to see and what Aaron said is the key to it is the investment in, in this future. But I would like to see us be a professional theater. Um, right. You know, there are downsides to professional theaters, but the, the, the upside is so important. What I would like to see happen is we have so much talent, but everybody's doing their stuff in theater in their spare time because yes. they cannot, they can't do it full time. Mm -hmm. Um and because you can't do it full time, that puts a ceiling on what you can achieve. Unless you're working at something as your primary, unless you're putting your first energy into it. And this is what I find. And as I get older, I realize, you know, I, I don't like to think that I'm getting older, but my energy levels are not as high as they were 10, 15 years ago. And what that means is that if I'm taking my energy and putting it into the University of the Bahamas, God bless them, they have employed me and I can do all kinds of wonderful things. I love my job, mm -hmm. but I would love it even more if I could take that first energy, that fresh energy and put it into theater. Amen. You know, because Amen. then theater would be better because it would be my best energy, right? Mm -hmm. Our theater would be better. Everybody would be better. We would right. be... Brilliant. I mean, we're great. We're really good. But we would be at the brilliant end of world class if we yes. had a full-time professional theater. 
And that takes investment. That takes trust in what we're doing. That takes familiarity with what we're doing and understanding how good it is. That's what my, that's what my dream is for the Dundas. I'm not saying that people are going to be able to live, you know, in Westridge or Life at Key based on what they make in theater, right? But they will be able to live. But they will be able to live. At least go to the, go go pay for your electricity bills, pay for your gas, you know what I mean? Pay for your food. So that's, that's what I would like to see. I can honestly agree with that um, because in my in my two years um, of being here, um, I I've realized the, the, the same things, and um, most of the time um, I I can see that from like people coming out the job to come to rehearsals, um, people uh, taking time out of their schedules to do this and that, and the problem is that we don't have people or individuals that can really, really like give their all. Right. And the problem is that it, it isn't really profitable. You you honestly go hungry or maybe go broke trying to. Yeah. I think we're making the right steps. However, it's going to take some time. Yeah. Um, because we don't have the resources, but we still have the the knowledge and the cleverness to pull off some things that, um, statistically speaking and resource wise, we shouldn't be pulling off, but we still make it happen. In a yeah. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's true. You're listening to Kachika, a podcast that takes you behind the scenes at the Dundas Center for the Performing Arts. Talk about the experience of for colored girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough. The first time. The first time. Yes, the first time it was an inaugural production for the Philip A. Burroughs Black Box Theatre. And... None of us had worked in a space like that, I think it's fair to say, right? None Except of us, you, no. Nico. No, you, I had not. You, I, you no. had not. Okay. Not, not in the round. I'd done, right. three, I'd done the thrust stage, three quarters, but I'd never ah. done the round. So this is fairly a new experience. This is a new experience for, for everyone involved right. in this production. And Philip, in his majestic wiseness, had... <laughs> Everything set so that we can have platforms, so we can have seating for enough people in the theater where you have one row in the front and a row in the back, and the back row is elevated a bit on this platform. So it looks amazing. Um, the lighting is spectacular. So we're rehearsing, getting it all down with this music and everything, and it's all a wondrousness. Oh man, until you turn off the lights. Uh, <laughs> because it's a black box. And yes. it's black. There's no and, light. Yeah, and then there are platforms everywhere. And unless you know within your mind's eye exactly where you're putting your foot next, it's like a descent into Narnia each time. <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't discover backstage lights yet. Right. And all of our exits were literally in blackness. Mm-hmm. So was it the first show that I broke my toe? Or was it the second show? I think it was the second. I don't think it was the first night. I, think I don't think it was night. first. Okay, good. It was the second night. And we had six more to go? Four more to go? Yeah. <laughs> six, a, 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 a Six of a bunch. We had we a had lot, lot more shows to go. <laughs> And so, yeah, I have this nice dancing. And at that time, I was significantly lighter than I am now. 
and a lot more graceful. And I looked like a gazelle, if I were to use the words of Lawrence word, Carroll. That's I right. was a gazelle and prancing around, prancing around. And I think I got this. Tate, I didn't have it. <laughs> that light went off and I pranced and my feet met the bottom of a platform. Jesus. And this was probably like the second um, scene of the show. Yep, it was early. It yes. was right after. It was right after my very first monologue, um, <laughs> where I get down off off the box and dance into into the darkness. Yeah, my toe. I cursed very loudly going. In there. <laughs> I knew that. All you heard was thud, and, and shit. Yep. <laughs> then I was like, "Hold on, this doesn't feel right." There were there was about twenty to thirty minutes before my next appearance for my next monologue, and so I got a bucket with some ice and I put it backstage, mm -hmm. and I kept going. And every time I came mm -hmm. off of the stage, I I put my foot in the bucket and I did that for every single show. And then I went to the doctor after we closed mm -hmm. and found out it was broken. Oh my gosh, that yep. was. Still not as bad as not having an actor show up for a show. Yep. No. So that that's what we talk about with commitment, by the way. Yeah. Still yeah. not as bad. I would prefer to have my toe broken and perform than to have to be disappointed by an actor who had the schedule from the first <laughs> evening of rehearsal and knew that we had eight shows and chose not to show up to two. Because he forgot that we had a show, a matinee show, as well as an evening show that day. Uh, I would prefer to broke my toe than deal with that. Jesus. So just so you know, this was a show that Aaron directed in the round. Um, this was another evening where we did some, we, we keep trying to do stuff in the theater that will make Experimental go stuff. Right. So we did an evening of two one-act plays. The first one was set up like a normal proscenium stage with the audience on one side of the theater and then the stage kind of static on the other side and yeah. then in intermission we changed the whole theater around yes. so that when you came back from intermission you came into theater in the round ah mm -hmm. murder and poetry it was so <laughs> amazing yep and so Aaron was directing the second half which was in the round and um yeah the, this evening, I see Aaron on stage, and there's nobody. The, the in morning, the, the the morning show. <laughs> yeah, it was first the morning show. Yeah, That's it was right. the morning show, and the theater was filled with students. And I'm looking for my actor, so I call him, no answer. I text him, no answer. And at this point, I'm like, what in the hell am I supposed to do? Because I got the lighting cue, I got the sound cue. But this is a necessary transition from one piece to the next. Still no response. So, oh, I put on a for colored girls costume. Yes, mm -hmm. that's right. I, I went in the back and I put on a for colored girls costume. And I don't know who I got in the lighting booth to press. You might have you got me because I would have been there from the first half. It I feel like it was me. 
to press, maybe. The, to press the buttons. Yes, maybe. It, I think it was you. Yep. And I had to go out there and perform um, breakfast booze. I will never forget it. And then wow. run back and then reset the lights and yep. the sound. And take, and, and take and, over. Uh, I, I still get anxiety when I think of that day. <laughs> yeah. And then had the nerve to come and ask why he didn't get paid the same amount as everybody else. Oh, Let wow. me tell you, Tate, <laughs> that was one day that I railed the most expletives into that young man. And he had oh, yeah. not, he didn't set foot in the yards of the Dundas for another two or three years after that. Jesus. Yeah. I said, we're not easy. Don't cross us. Yep. Yeah. Don't cross us. Because, because we will excommunicate you. We will. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, but you have you have a whole show waiting on you. Yeah. We don't work with understudies. We don't generally there. Are, we've more and more we've been able to do alternating casts, mm-hmm. but that's an alternate. That's different from an understudy, right? If you have an alternating cast, that means that some people know we're performing these days, and they may not even come to the theater. Mm-hmm. We don't work with understudies. We fly without a net. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Commitment really is a is 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 critical, and and it's not like you don't know, right? What I've learned is we all do things basically the same way in regard to the organization of our productions. Mm. We set out a schedule. We set out the schedule straight up until performance closing night. Mm-hmm. So you know from the jump what it is you're getting yourself into. I tell you, right. this is how many rehearsals we're going to have. The times are going to be this. This is when dress rehearsal is, tech rehearsal is, first performance, second performance, third performance, fourth performance, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. This is closing night. I tell you exactly everything you are committing to before you say yes. Mm-hmm. I ask you, are you able to do this? So when you come to me and tell me, oh, I didn't know we had a matinee, the following day, which means you missed the matinee and the evening show of that day. And you can tell Jesus. me, oh, I didn't know we had a matinee. You have to be joking. You looking to die. You've been listening to Kachika, a podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the Dundas Center for the Performing Arts, a production of Ringplay Productions. Join us next time for part two of a conversation with Erin McKinney, Tate Adderley, and Nicolette Bethel.